Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hello, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Did you get traded today to anybody for a future fifth round pick? No? I don't think so. You didn't? Okay. Just with the powers that be. Don't know that I was traded. Did you get... uh, I also did not win the Powerball and I only... I did not win the Powerball, me and all my friends. Did you get fired Um, from your uh, coaching job with the Brooklyn Nets today? I did not get fired from my coaching job and I only had one trick a treater. I only had one group of trick or treaters come to the house last night. That's, That's it. it. Halloween's dead. It's dead. <laughs> like, you know, we went to Costco. I got the dollar fifty hot dog the other day. Inflation proof. And um, you I know love what? Costco. Everybody eats so, lunch like 11 bucks. I know. Something tells me those Costco hot dogs are a, a lot of things proof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like once every something three tells, months I'll yeah, have a hot dog. Something tells me those Costco hot dogs yeah. will be like around a lot. Like in the same category as Twinkies. Kind yeah, of. they don't give the sauerkraut anymore. You can't get sauerkraut with them. Those Costco hot dogs will be around a lot longer than us, yeah. something tells me. Uh, yeah, they are. They're, they're a lot so of I something bought, proof. So we bought all these bags of candy, and then like we like they're still there. Like t- one group of kids showed up the entire night. That's it. One group. Wow. That's it. The, the demographic- One knock on the door. Well, uh, you know, the demographics in Awatsuki must be getting a little older. I don't know. You're their, you're their flagship. I mean, perhaps there's just not that oh. many young kids left in Awatsuki. Your kids went out, right? Yeah, they went out. Okay. Did they come yeah. back with a stash, with a hole? Yeah, I mean, not crazy amount, but they came oh, back okay. with something. Well, it's not yeah. bad. You've got, you've got candy at your house now for a little yeah. while. The, the kids are happy. Oh, you're all kids good. Going out I think anymore. you've got your uh, campaign slogan now. Save Halloween. Save Halloween. <laughs> wow. Look at, look at Eric. Trying to be your campaign manager for this phantom run for the Senate or for Congress that you're going to make here in a couple of years. Eric, remember filling a sock with like uh, baby powder, tying it in a knot and hitting people with it? That was fun. See, this is why you're that not getting was... elected. All right, I quit. This, right. Is, this is why this is it's just it's I like, like uh, I like um, violence. You get, yeah. you get a long tube sock, you fill it with like like baby powder. You just, yeah, they, just go hit and people you, with you, it you and tie it in a knot. And you use it as a weapon. Those, and you hit people. Those with are the it. exact skeletons oh, I'm talking man. about that will keep you from getting elected. They leave some you're, serious bruises. You've got some real character issues, Gampo. Real serious character issues. It was fun beating up innocent kids when you were younger. Congratulations, well, you're. No, you're a, you're a, I, you're a, I, don't, I know that anybody was innocent. You're a candidate for the people, Gambo. Let's weigh, I'm going to save you from yourself here. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. The always charming John Gambadoro here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Today, the NFL trade deadline, and it was busy. Everything you wanted it to be. Busy, except for the local team yeah. that did nothing. They did absolutely Came nothing. Came and went. It was really quiet for the Arizona Cardinals, nothing happened today. Were they close? No, they were they, they were not close. I checked in several times today throughout the day, and they, unless something weird was going to happen, they weren't going to do anything. It was nothing enticing to them throughout the process to do anything. They were never in. Let's just talk about Bradley Chubb, who got traded today. Uh, they were never in on Bradley Chubb. Now, the simple reason why is not because of the cost of what it took to get him in draft compensation and players, 
but in in salary going forward. His representative is the same representative that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury has. His agent is Eric Burkhart. The the going rate on what he's going to look for for Bradley Chubb is about $30 million a year. That's what they want. Whether they get it or not, I don't know. But that's what they want. They want $30 million bucks for him. So I don't – the Cardinals were never in on that. That's It was more of a financial thing than it was a – look, you'd love to get a pass rusher like that. You'd love to get an upgrade at the pass rush. But the draft pick compensation and then the salary was the, the salary was the main reason why they didn't pull the trigger on anything like that. They were never in on it. They did add a player today, and we'll get into that in a minute. They, they picked up a linebacker that was released by the Houston Texans. But since you brought up the Chubb deal, I'll go ahead and, and go there right now because that was obviously the big deal that happened today. Miami Dolphins gave up uh, a first, a fourth, and former Cardinal running back Chase Edmonds to Denver in exchange for Bradley Chubb and a 2025 fifth. Now, what's remarkable about the Dolphins is that that first-round pick they gave up was the 49ers' first-round pick next year. Yes. Dolphins don't have a first-round pick now next year because they were, it was taken away from them for the tampering charges. So now the Miami Dolphins, they, they took, this is amazing to me, they took all three of the first rounders they got from the 49ers in the Trey Lance deal. And they flipped them. In 21, they flipped one of them to move up to get Jalen Waddell. In 22, they sent one to the Chiefs for Tyreek Hill. In 23, they sent one to the Broncos for Bradley Chubb. So the three first-round picks they got in the Trey Lance deal are all gone now, and they turned those picks into Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb, all while losing their own first-round pick because of the tampering charges. So Bradley Chubb goes there. Surely, to your point, he's going to get extended. The, Bron- the Broncos now have a first-round pick, Mitch. The Broncos have a first-round yes. pick. Mitch, the Bronco fan, the Broncos now have a first-round pick, Jeez. and they've now traded pass rushers in consecutive seasons. Last year, they traded Von Miller. But that was definitely the biggest deal. The, 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 the Broncos, we'll talk about the Lions deal because I thought that was big, too. But Chubb going to Miami. Miami, you know, and then Chase Edmonds, former Cardinal, had not played well. No. Chase, so they trade Chase Edmonds in the deal, but then they go out and they get Jeff Wilson from the 49ers to kind of replace Chase Edmonds. So, um, interesting. The Dolphins have not got pressure on the quarterback. They're pressuring opposing quarterbacks on 22% of their dropbacks. It's the fourth lowest in the NFL. They've only got 15 sacks in eight games. That's 21st in the NFL. So they wanted to go out there and you know address that pass rush, and they did it getting Bradley Chubb. I'll say this about the Cardinals and Bradley Chubb. I mean, I, I, I get all of what you're saying. I, I, I still would have considered doing it. I know you would have. If for no other reason, that is a premier position in the NFL. Bradley Chubb has proven when healthy, he's a premier player at a premier position in the NFL. He's in the prime of his career, and that's basically the going rate for elite pass rushers. And the Cardinals are going to have to get one one of these days, right? At some point, you know, you, Chandler Jones was a premier pass rusher. He's not anymore. You let him walk. It was the smart play. But you never really replaced him. And at some point, you're now I'm sure you're hoping to draft one at some point so you can have a little cost control of that guy. But those guys in this league get paid. Like wide receivers get paid. Like quarterbacks get paid. Like top corners get paid. And one just became available. I I would not have had a problem with the Cardinals getting involved. And again, it's not my money. It's easy for me to tell somebody how to spend it. But that is the going rate 
for elite pass rushers in today's NFL. And when you don't have one, you're constantly looking for the next one. So I, I'm a little regretful, frankly, that they didn't at least make a play for Bradley and, cons- and, and the money, too, right? Because they need to invest in a pass rusher. They need to Absolutely. get somebody. That's, so, that's my point. It, so the $30 million, or so say it was 20 whatever it would have been, I know, again, the agent for Bradley Chubb is the same agent that Cliff and Kyler has. The Cardinals knew exactly how much money Bradley Chubb was going to want. And I just don't think they were in a position to be able to pay Bradley Chubb next year $30 million. Bucks. All right, let's talk about what the Vikings did. They acquired TJ Hawkinson in an interdivisional trade. Great move. Lions sending their tight end. The Vikings are the Cardinals. This was the Cardinals a year ago yeah. when they lost Max Williams and went out and got Zach Ertz. Yep. They lose Irv Smith. Minnesota Vikings lose, lose Irv Smith. He's going to be high ankle. Eight yep. to ten weeks. So they go out and get TJ Hawkinson. A great wide receiver. I mean, everybody remembers TJ Hawkinson. He was a first round pick. He was a Pro Bowl player a couple of years ago. He'll be an unrestricted free agent after 2023. So you have him under contract. Contract, you know, through that. Um, but, you know, you give up the picks, you go get them, and you're trying to win right now. Your tight end goes down. This is a heck of a tight end. I mean, he's really good. He's got 26 receptions for 395 yards, three touchdowns, but he's capable of, of a lot more. He's had his career high is 67 receptions. He's had 723 yards, but he is a, he gives him another great pass catching option, and he can block as well. So, good move, I think, by the Lions, yeah. by, the, by the Vikings. The, and the Lions set themselves up with picks galore now. They have their own first, the Rams first next year, their own second, the Vikings second next year. Other guys that got moved today, notable names. Miami acquired San Francisco running back Jeff Wilson for a fifth rounder today. The Bears acquired wide receiver Chase Claypool from the Steelers. Two teams that are out of it. Yeah. That's an interesting deal. So they took the second rounder they got from the Ravens for Roquan Smith, and they Flipped it for Chase Claypool. Now, what's interesting about that, that? Chicago sending their own second round pick. From I read, they still have their own second rounder. Maybe I'm reading. Is that the? T- I'm I'm reading here. Okay, maybe it's Chicago changed. sending its own second round pits, uh, pick to Pittsburgh and not the second round selection okay. it received Monday after trading. Right, then, I must have taken a screenshot of a tweet that was since dated, but they still have a second round pick. And what they basically yes. did was they traded. A half year left of Roquan Smith for a year and a half left of Chase Claypool by making that deal. The Falcons traded suspended wide receiver Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars in a highly conditional trade. I mean, like, if he's reinstated by this date, it's a this. If he's not, Could it's be a that third round. If it's an extension, he gets this, not that. Yeah, it's a very a lot of moving parts on that one. Could be a fifth, could be a fourth, could be a third. All depends on it. I mean, if he comes back and plays, he's got to get reinstated. He was suspended for at least this season for betting on games in 2021. As a matter of fact, the last player that was suspended before him for betting on games was an Arizona Cardinals player. Bills acquire running back Niam Hines from the Colts. For Zach Moss and a sixth rounder. The Panthers were offered two first round picks by the Rams for Brian Burns, and they said no, they stood pat. And I mentioned the Cardinals, they did make a move today. Linebacker Camus Grugier Hill, and I hope I said his name right, is signing with the Arizona Cardinals after he was released by the Texans. He led the Texans with 108 tackles and 13 tackles for loss last year. Had started all six games for them in 2022. He requested his released last week. He was granted it and now he is signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, he signed a one-year deal for $3.25 million during the offseason. So that's the contract that he signed. Um, 
Started six games for the Texans this year, fourth on a team's tackle. Didn't play a whole lot against the Raiders, only 32% of the snaps. But for the Cardinals, I mean, you go get yourself a player who's proven to be a good player in this league, and you get them on the cheap. When we come back, Phoenix Suns, big test tonight, and we do mean big. That's coming up, Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back here on the Burns and Gambo show on this Tuesday. Sun's back at it tonight, hosting one of the most intriguing teams of the offseason, to say the least. And they're off to a so-so start so far with their new look. I'm talking, of course, about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Very talented team. Lots of guys, lots of players on there that catch your attention. Certainly, they caught the league's attention when they acquired Rudy Gobert for that haul of draft picks in the offseason that really kind of reset the mechanism for NBA trades this offseason. Everybody was like, oh, wait, that's how much they got for Rudy Gobert? Yeah, I want one of those deals. Can I, can I have one of those deals and for it my just kid, prevented please? so many deals from getting done. The Jazz received Malik Be- Beasley, Pat Bev, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, who was a first-round pick in the 2022 draft, Jared Vanderbilt, who the Suns were trying to get from the Jazz. They also got a 23 first-round pick, a 25 first-round pick, a 27 first-round pick, a 29 first-round pick. So four first-round picks plus a pick swap option in 26. <laughs> then you throw in the kid that they drafted number two, 22 overall. I mean, it was a haul. I mean, and what did Minnesota got? They got Rudy Gobert. That's it. They got Rudy Gobert. They gave up all of those draft picks for Rudy Gobert. Now it's improved them. They're sixth defensively, and he's been a great rim protector for them. But the chemistry has it. They haven't really clicked yet, right? They haven't clicked yet as a team. But they're four and three on the season. They lost two games to San Antonio. Yep. Um, they were zero and three against Phoenix last year, and obviously that was a, a big year for the Suns. And I you remember the the book game when he when he dunked on on them, and uh, that, that was a lot of fun. But uh, Rudy Gobert leads the NBA in rebounding. Anthony Edwards leads them in scoring, uh, along with Carl Anthony Towns. They're one two, so it's, it'll be fun to watch this team because I think that they're a team that will probably get better as the season goes by. But they did not click right away. They're playing okay. They're just not playing great. Yeah, here's Buddy Williams yesterday talking about Minnesota. Yeah, with the team. Edwards is about as explosive and big and strong as any two guard in the league. And D'Angelo is just a crafty, wise point guard. He just knows how to play. So you partner that with the size, poses some challenges for you. Look, I think there are a lot of teams out West that kind of fit this description, to be honest with you. The Clippers, certainly, you read about and you watch their struggles. Kawhi Leonard coming back from the knee injury. It's been frustrating. They're still trying to find their way. The Nuggets still trying to find their way, getting Jamal Murray back. I certainly think the Minnesota Timberwolves, something you just said a second ago, is absolutely correct. It's going to take them a while to figure this out. It's very unusual what they're doing. In In a league where it's trending smaller, right? Positionless basketball, more wing guys, more guys who can shoot. The the Minnesota Timberwolves are zigging when everybody else is zagging, right? And they're going, let's let's double up on the size. Let's put Carl Anthony Towns next to Rudy Gobert. And that, I, I got to imagine, from pick and roll to defensive coverages to all these little intricate details of how five guys on the floor operate together, 
probably is going to take a little while because it is very unconventional by today's NBA standards to have two guys that big on the floor at the same time when they're both so important to what you're trying to do on both ends of the yeah, floor. Yeah, there's no question that they they just went with a different approach and they they figured that listen, Carl Anthony Towns is not a great rim protector, he's not a great rebounder, he's a three-point shooter. You know, so they really didn't have that traditional center with him. I mean, they like him, but they didn't want him to be like, you know, he couldn't play that position and rebound the basketball and be the rim protector. And it was so bad defensively. It was so bad defensively that they figured, okay, let's let's make this blockbuster trade. We'll give up all these draft picks, and we're going to get one of the best players in the NBA. And he has been. I mean, he's, he's, he's always been one of the best players in the NBA. And so they get him, and they just, yeah, they did it differently than you would you would expect anybody else to do it. Yeah, and, and, and in the midst of all of that, D'Angelo Russell struggling to shoot. Carl Anthony Towns right now struggling to shoot the three ball at least. D'Angelo Russell, you know, still not much of a, you know, a very ball dominant guard, right? And they probably need him to be a little bit more of a distributing pass guard on that team with what they've got. And that's not, you know, we, we had that conversation for years and years and years around here yeah. about whether the Suns should go get D'Angelo Russell because he is so ball dominant. And I think they're struggling with that a little bit. Anthony Edwards isn't off to the best start yet. And you look at the teams that they've beaten, and you mentioned the Spurs a second ago. It's it's nothing impressive. They, they, their schedule hasn't been all that daunting. They've they've played. They've got two wins over Oklahoma City, a team that's openly tanking. They lost to Utah, which by the way won their sixth game of the oh year. Oh my goodness! Last year they beat the Grizzlies. Yeah, Laurie Marketing was incredible. Uh, last night Utah just keeps on winning, right? They just keep winning basketball they've games. Totally to his win. Lost two games against the seemingly tanking Spurs. I think the question from the Suns perspective and we asked this a little bit against the Pelicans on Friday do you counter that size with size you know and you don't have DA for this matchup obviously he's out with the ankle do you counter Minnesota's size with size of your own do we see Landale on the floor at the same time with Bismack Biombo? do we see Dario tonight as a backup four to help out with we have only seen Dario for two minutes so far this season how does Monty counter or does he go ultra small and make those big guys from Minnesota kind of chase the small guys around. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at San Antonio, they had success doing that a little bit. They've beaten them twice so far. So, and then, you know, the, you look at the, the Timberwolves, they've got to play the Suns twice. they got the Bucks. they got the Grizzlies, the Cavs, the Sixers, the Heat, and the Warriors all in their next 13 games. So this is a tough chore for them. Um, Look, they've got Edwards is a fantastic player. Uh, this this kid Jalen Noel has played very well as of late. The Suns can match you like they can go bigger with two bigs, but without Da, you know we don't have that. You don't have the Da uh, Gobert matchup because Da is out. And it, you know when Da's back, then you could go big, you could go small. The Suns could play a lot of different ways. But it'll be interesting because Gobert is such a dominant rebounder, such a dominant rim protector. And what have the Suns been doing this year more than anything? Attacking the rim. Yes, It's something we've talked about a whole lot. The Suns have been attacking the rim. They're going to the basket. They're try- Now that's where Rudy Gobert excels. Come into my so we'll see if the Suns continue to attack the rim or if Rudy Gobert is able to thwart that and, and force them to take more longer Range jump shots. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Uh, congratulations to Christian Walker of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ah, uh, there he is. Won the Gold Glove Award at first base today in the National League. Absolutely deserved. 
Thought we'd break in on that one. It's not, you know, an NFL trade deadline day, even though it came and went an hour and a half ago. It's not like the biggest news you're going to get, but he was so good over there. We thought we had to give him a little bit of a tip of the cap and a little bit of love for Christian yeah. Walker. Ter- terrific, def- terrific season overall with all the home runs, but really a great job defensively. Um, he's got uh, ar- he's arbitration eligible the next two years, so he's definitely under control for the Arizona Diamondbacks for the next two seasons. Yeah, so, so good on him. All right, so now back to the Suns game against yeah. Minnesota. Now, the question for the Suns, in addition to knowing they're not going to have D.A., is Torrey Craig. He is listed as questionable with a sore left heel for this game. That also might necessitate a little playing time for Dario Saric because he was, Torrey was, uh, Cam Johnson's basically the backup four on this team. You would think if he doesn't play, that now shifts back to Dario, who again, we just haven't seen a lot of so far yet this year. Maybe that changes no, tonight. It's crazy. Two minutes the entire season for Dario Saric. We had James Jones on last week. We talked about it. He's just going to stay ready and keep working and matchups has been an issue. I th- I think he's just, you know, needs more time to be able to play at this level and, p- and pace. Now, he did play, you know, represented his country in Europe over the summer, uh, but he didn't play very well. Like, he didn't play very well, and then he came into camp, and I think that they, they may just feel like, you know, he every time, if they could prevent him from having to play a whole lot early in a long season, it may be beneficial to them. Like, if they can take an 82-game season and knock it down to 70 games for him or 65 games for him, then it might be a little bit easier for him to get through. So I think it's more about the long-term thing as well as the short-term. In the short-term, he may not be 100%, but they also you know, would have a hard time thinking that he's going to get through an 82-game schedule playing 15 to 20 minutes a game. I hear what you're saying. You know what the conspiracy theorist in me thinks about Yeah, trade. Point. Yeah, yeah it, it, it this one, I could be wrong. I love, I love a good conspiracy theory, but this one just feels like he might be part of something else, and that's why he's. I, I would think they would start incrementally building up his minutes a little bit, and instead he's not playing at all, which is just odd. Tip time seven o'clock. You'll hear it here on the Arizona Sports app and on ninety eight seven. Now, when we come back, the biggest factor when it comes to Seattle's success this year in the NFL, there's a few factors. The Cardinals are. Gonna have to deal with a bunch of them. We'll talk about that coming up here on Arizona Sports. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. We've got Eric here with us with today's Twitter poll question of the day. As always, you can find it on our Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find that on social media. Trade deadline today came and went about an hour and a half ago. It passed. The Cardinals didn't make any acquisitions via the trade deadline. They did pick up a player from the Houston Texans picking a. a a guy who had gotten waived. So now it's done. Eric, it's settled. This is the roster. They are who they are, Bernsey. They are who they are, indeed. And with that being said, there are nine games left in this season. How many do the Arizona Cardinals win? You've got three options. Option number one, zero to three. Option number two, four or five wins. And option number three, six plus wins. Four or five. So that means they can go four and five or five and four. I'll stick with that. I'm so tempted to say three. Ooh. I'm so tempted to You're say going for three. that top, top, top picks. Uh, I'm tempted. I'm t- 
You know what? I'm going to go with my gut okay. on this one. Zero to three. There it is. Zero A lot three. of people rolling with their guts mm. on this one as well. Leading the way, 54.2% is zero to three wins. In second place, dropping off 17%. Four to five wins is at 37%. And 8.9% of people are the most positive in the world. They think six plus wins in nine remaining games. I always think the key to a question like this is in the phrasing and kind of where you draw the line with the numbers. Because if you had given me three to four as an option, that's what I'm taking. Right? That that to me is the answer. It's either yeah. going to be three or four. Other, but because you made me choose, you made our audience choose between the category that's got three or the category that's got four. I like that you kind of divided that one because if you give me the other option, and I'm taking three to four, right? But yeah, I got to pick. I got to pick in zero to three. Good for you for four, five, five. I mean, four. Them four and five. I can see four and five. So that would get them to seven and ten. I mean, yeah, I can see four. Okay. We'll see. Well, it starts this week, the post-trade deadline version of the Cardinals. It starts this week against the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, Pete Carroll, who decided to do a little bit of a victory lap after the Seahawks win over the Giants. You know, all the people that doubt, like, you're losing, you know, know, like, we run the ball too much. You don't understand football. And, you know, you don't, you know, you can't stay up with the the new game and all that kind of stuff. That's a bunch of crap. I'm telling you. Look, we're going to Fine, we're all right. So I don't mind proving it day in and day out. <laughs> this is what I this is what I love about it's a bunch of crap, a bunch of crap. Play good defense, run the football, have a quarterback who can manage the game. You're you're we, we can win a lot. You know, remember the whole Brady and Belichick debate? Is it Brady or is it Belichick? And every while you're like, yes, it was Brady. It was more Brady than Belichick? Was it Russell? Was it Pete? It was Pete. It was Pete. It wasn't Russell Wilson. You know, it wasn't Russell Wilson. You look at what Pete Carroll has done. It's, it's fascinating what he's done. Yes, it is. He's taken his schemes and, and, and his philosophies and everything that, that he believed. And if this is a guy that's, that's won a Super Bowl, he almost won another one. He won a championship in college. He's old, but he's still like young. I mean, he's the youngest 71 year old guy on the planet. He is. He's the how many other guys are not spry at that age? He's awfully spry. I he's was spry. I was watching a lot of that game on Sunday. Man, he's still coming down that sideline yeah, like exactly. he's got all the energy in the world. The fountain right? of youth. But you know what? It's it, it's this is the way I want to play football. I still believe in it. I still believe that we can run the football, play good defense, not go crazy with what we do with our quarterback, and win a lot of games. And he's so it's him. I mean, it's 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 him. It's like go play for Pete Carroll. You know, you're gonna win a lot. We talked about them. They're perennial champions. That perennial playoff team. How do they do it? How do they, every year? How do they always win nine games and go to the playoffs every single year? How do they do it? Last year was the first down year they yeah. had. Man, I think it's time to start realizing that. Man, forget the Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch. It was it was a lot of Pete Carroll. Yeah, it's it's begrudging praise, but you you got to praise them. I, I mean, look, we've we've developed a real a substantial rivalry with Seattle. Now it's been pretty one sided in terms of championships and playoff appearances, but obviously everybody around here, that, that's a game you always kind of circle and you notice and you pay attention to. So I, I, I say this carefully because I understand not everybody around here likes the Seattle Seahawks. You've got to give it up to Pete Carroll. I, I mean, you, because like everybody... When they handled their business this offseason with Russell Wilson the way they did, we assumed they were tanking. 
We assume they were playing for a high first round pick to go get their future quarterback. Yeah. We assume that, that they weren't, and it was curious because it was like, man, Pete Carroll's 71 years old. How much longer is he going to do this? He's right. not going to be around to see the fruits of his labor and what this rebuild looks like. You've begrudgingly, no matter how much you might hate them, you, you've got to give Pete Carroll credit for once again being, and John Schneider too, because man, some of his draft picks really worked out, of the architect of a team that was wasn't tanking, knew exactly what they were doing, to your point, sticking with their philosophy. Although I will say this, I mean, this idea that Geno's just being some kind of game manager, that's not necessarily the case. He's he's throwing the ball down the field. That offense is a little more, he's, he's allowed them to take those shots. He actually threw the ball more against the Giants than they ran the ball in that game. Because I do think Pete Carroll feels like he can open the offense up a little bit, but your general point is well taken. This is how we win. We we don't have stars here. We've got a system. It works. We've got players who are replaceable. We've got depth. We lose a Rashad Penny. We'll put in Kenneth Walker the third. We trust him. He's going to be great. We lose Russell Wilson. We put in Geno Smith. We're going to be fine. We'll be great. And it's worked. That defense, which looked like it was Swiss cheese the first five weeks of the season, yeah. we're playing at an unbelievable Remember level right, right now. now. They were giving up 30 points a game. They, were, they, you know, they, they, just, they just fixed it. They figured out a way to fix it. No, I think a lot of credit's got to go to go to Pete with what he's been able to do. I mean, you know, they're they're... They're a good football team. I think and, and most I think, of the credit has to go to Pete, if we're being honest. That's, I mean, I think it's almost all of it has to go to Pete Carroll and what he's been able to do up there. I hear what you're saying. And I'll, I think the credit, a lot of the credit goes to, to it's like, I'm going to let go of, who lets go of a quarterback in their prime that's, that's been to two Super Bowls and is considered one of the best? Nobody does that. Nobody does that. But Pete no, Carroll did. You yeah. know what? We'll, we'll be fine. We'll let Russ go and we'll be fine. Now, listen, Belichick let Brady go, and they were okay. Like, they won some games. They were okay. But I think that, you know, Pete Carroll's been much better with it. Now, I'm not comparing Russell Wilson to Tom Brady, but Pete Carroll's been much better without his star quarterback than Bill Belichick was without his. Yeah. Yeah, so far he has. And, and, and look, if we're being honest, the root of this is, in addition to Pete Carroll and kind of being the steadying force up there, Geno Smith is... A thousand times better than anybody could have ever thought that he was going to be. Yeah, I mean, this is this version of him. Be the comeback player of the year. Oh, he's in, in the NFL. They might name the award after him. Well, some people I don't know if there's ever get been... MVP. I don't think he could get MVP. Oh, there's some talk up in Seattle about whether he could or I not. I don't know. It's the stat. Why? I, I just don't know that he's going to have the gaudy stats. He's not going to have the gaudy stats that other guys are going to do, which I, usually goes. MVP usually has a, a gaudy stat. Yeah, I was I was surprised by the MVP talk for Geno Smith, you know. But there is some of that, mostly up in Seattle. Mostly, you know, we, every week we the, when we get ready for whoever the Cardinals are playing, we start kind of reading the reports and the papers and the stories coming out of that market. And most of it's coming out of Seattle. This idea that Geno could be the MVP, but he is—I mean, whether he is or not, he has been. Everybody thought he was a washed-up. Bum. Nobody could believe <laughs> that Geno Smith and Drew Locke were competing to be a quarterback for any team in this right, NFL. Right. Both guys were washed up bums. No. Not in Seattle and not with what Geno Smith's been doing up there. So is it still Pete? Yeah, yeah, it's still mostly Pete, but he still the... needs a quarterback, and none of this is happening without Geno Smith doing what he's doing. Yeah, and he's not going to get one in the draft, like you know, because they were supposed to be the worst team in the NFC West, one of the worst teams in the NFL, and here they are. It's like, how do they not make the playoffs now? After that win against the Giants, they're in a prime position to make the playoffs. Although they, they still might get one in the draft. 
They have the seventh pick right now, oh, thanks to the, the Denver Broncos. Broncos. Pick. They tried to get the Broncos pick. Season ends yeah. right now. The CLCs are picking seventh in the NFL draft. But how do you not reward Geno for what he's oh, done? Oh, you, you have to. You do. You do. But you could... Like, if Geno continues to play at this level, it's like, hey, we got a quarterback for the next few years. You could reward him... And still draft one if you wanted to and do the old Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance kind of thing. If you wanted to, uh, yeah, you could. Yeah. You know, like Gino, he's, Gino's 32. We still has a few years left, but it, you, you might want to guard against any Geno downfall by drafting the guy that you, you know, know will be your quarterback for the next 10 years because you well, know it's not going to be Geno. One of the things that they were saying about this team is that, you know, they, they bend but don't break defense, establish the run to set up the pass, they do that, but they don't have one focal player on either side of the ball that teams rely too heavily on. Like the Cardinals do with DeAndre Hopkins. Like they don't have that. They don't have that one guy on offense or defense that everybody that they have to rely on. So, you know, like they, DK Metcalf can come back and play at 50% and they'll be okay. Or if Tyler Lockett's not, they'll be okay. It's a, you know, their running back goes down. They've got another one. He'll, he'll plug and play type of guys. That's what they have. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line. It's always open for you right now at 620-620 here on the Burns and Gambo show. When we come back. A struggling contender has become the latest contender to maybe be the landing spot for Jay Crowder. We'll tell you all about it next here on Arizona Sports. Welcome. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Suns, Timberwolves, tonight at 6, coming up in 15 minutes, our off-the-courts player interview segment. We do it every single week. This week, our special guest is Bismack Biombo. Bismack! It's a good interview. He's a, he's a fun interview. He, he's, we, yeah. we had two really good conversations with him last year. One right after he was acquired by the Suns, in which he talked about the painful process of his father passing away and how he was choosing his next team and, and how it, it had to be something very... Very specific and very a certain type of team, type of situation. And we chose the Suns. Looking forward to a good conversation with Biz coming up at 3 o'clock. And I would imagine something that we'll probably ask him about, I would think, would be this lingering Jay Crowder situation that continues to kind of hang over the Suns' heads right now. Now, it's not in a bad way uh, in that uh, they're five and one the bench is playing out of their minds the the urgency to get something done with jay it's it's just not there at least not from a fan perspective right if they were if they were three and four you know two and four and struggling and the bench were awful then it'd be like trey jay trey jay trey jay it's not here's the team that's come up for him the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, yeah. A struggling mm-hmm. team upon which more was expected. There's some talk out of Philly that maybe need to go get Jay. Yeah, a lot of the talk is that they've just struggled so much defensively, right? They haven't been the same defensively. They didn't get off to a good start. They're three and four. They're, they're not playing well. And they did go out and get PJ Tucker, but they've been very vulnerable, you know, playing Tatum and Brown and, and, and Pascal Siakam. I mean, these guys have all had, uh, Devin Vassell have all had really big games against them. 
And the thought is that their defense is really struggling. So, you know, could you get Jay Crowder to kind of help a little bit? You know, you've got P.J. Tucker, but sometimes when Lamede's out, you can put P.J. at the five and then have uh, Jay Crowder come in. He would give them a, a guy off the bench that could play a couple of different positions and, and be a part of that bench. And he could fill in if anybody gets hurt. So there is thought that, you know, could the could Philly, and you're going to look at this, right? Some of these teams that are getting off to a slow start. Hey, what can we do? Well, the Suns have Jay Crowder. They haven't traded him yet. Okay, well, let's see if we can get him. So I do think some of the teams like Philly that are struggling early, those teams may look at the Suns and say, what would it take to get Jay Crowder? Do you think there's an there, there's almost like an irony here with Philly coming out? I was thinking about this, knowing we were going to talk about this during the break. There's almost this irony of Philly coming up as a potentially landing spot for Jay, most because a lot of the teams that have been mentioned as suitors for Jay are teams that were figuring out a way to replace P.J. Tucker, right? Like Miami. Yeah, you could end up there. Miami, how, how does Miami replace P.J. Tucker? Hey, maybe they go get Jay. How, do, how does Milwaukee replace P.J. Tucker? Hey, maybe they go get Jay. P.J. Tucker's on the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. He's the player for which is most often mentioned as the guy that Jay Crowder would be in to replace, not join. But Philly, they do. They have super high expectations. Of course, that market right now is absolutely on fire with Philly being, with the Eagles being 7-0 and and the Phillies playing game three of the World Series tonight with a 1-1 you know, series tie against the Astros. I'm sure the 76ers are feeling right now that they are kind of the forgotten child in that market with the way things are going. Look, at this point, the Suns are in the position of incredible strength when it comes to Jay Crowder. There is no rush no. for them to do anything. You can wait None. until December. We're yep. just about six weeks away from a lot of players that aren't dra- trade eligible now becoming trade eligible. You can wait until January and do a DeAndre Ayton deal and make it a big deal. Like you can wait until January. You can wait until the trade down. Like I don't. I listen. I think they'd love to get a resolution, um, but I don't think that they feel like they owe anything to Jay Crowder. Like some people might be like, oh, it's you know. Jay Crowder, you know, he's not playing. I mean, if the shooter, they, because he's missing up this, but you know what's tough? You don't want to be here. I'll trade you when I trade you. They don't owe, you don't owe many Shaq squats, Jay no. Crowder. I gave you a three year deal for $30 million when nobody else would. You know, you played a lot here. And now you don't want to be here. Yep. You think I'm going to f- trade you right away so you can get on a team? I'll trade you when the time comes. Yep. When I decide to trade you, I'll trade you. Chase made a choice. And not a second before that. Yeah, Chase made a choice. Yeah. It's, you don't you, want to be here? You don't want to be here. You don't want to be a part of a championship team, a team that went to the finals a year and a half ago. A team. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And, and the idea that the Suns owe him anything or, or a, a speedy resolution is just as ridiculous. Nope. Yeah. They don't owe him a thing. Now, I don't like the package that they've got coming back from Philly. Matisse Thibel? Yeah, not that much of a fan. I mean, I'm just not. He was a first-round pick out of Washington in 2019, but I, I just... I'm not a, like I'm not a big fan of his. He's a you know he's to me he's kind of a role player. And then uh, uh, Furkan Kakmaz, who was a first round pick in 2016, he's actually been on Philly for a while. He's a you know he's a role player again. He's a so they have two shooting guards. Uh, Korkmaz gives them size. He's but he, you know he's 
he's not that good. Like he's he's okay. He's not a good three point shooter overall. So I guess he's average in three point shooting. But I don't really like that package back. I mean, neither one of those guys to me are that good of a player. You'd be adding two players for one. Thibel, I mean, he's a name, but man, I'm just again not a big fan of his. I don't think he's that good of a player. Look here. Here's the one thing, and we've talked about this for the last two weeks with James Jones, and we'll have him on the show tomorrow, by the way, for his weekly visit. Um, the thing about James is that he's just not interested in all at all in winning the trade. All right, he's no. to, to the idea of getting equal value for a player like Jay. I mean, in theory, it's nice. In theory, you'd like to, but that's not James Jones's thing. It's never been his thing. He's looking for guys who fit. He's looking for guys who play a specific role, who know their role, who will take on that role. This guy can't get on the floor in Philadelphia. He played 23 seconds in one game against Boston. They played 18 seconds against Milwaukee. Like he can't, he can't get on the floor. It's a team that's not even playing that well, and he can't get on the floor. And here's the other thing about this story, too. It's more of a suggestion than it is a report, right? And what I mean by that is nobody in Philly is reporting, hey, I'm hearing this might happen. It's kind of one of those, hey, this would be a good idea. Maybe the Philadelphia 76ers should explore this. Go get Jay Crowder, and hey, we'll give up that for it. So I, how much of this is in the wind? I don't know. We talked about it earlier. Dario Saric, maybe we start to see him get some playing time tonight. If Troy Craig isn't available with that bruised heel against the Timberwolves tonight, I still, I'm pitching a tent on the grassy knoll when it comes to Dario, and I still have yeah. this, this thought that maybe he's going to be included in a J trade, so it's going to be something kind of bigger coming back, you know, something more of a salary, like $20 million a year, because you add up the two of what they're making, and and that's what you would be. You, you've you've kind of thought that's going to be the way it goes. Just yeah. I, it was uh, honestly, it was a seed that was planted in my head by our friend Greg Esposito, who tweeted like a week ago. Man, Dario Scherz hasn't played a minute other than those two that he got against Dallas on opening night. Could he be dot dot dot? You know, I thought, yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. Could he be part of a bigger deal? Because now you add his salary to Jay's salary. Now you're talking about being able to take $20 million back. Now you're talking about an Eric Gordon type deal. Now you're talking about a player with a little more oomph to him. But again, James Jones's style is to add a player that when the Jay Crowder trade happens, we'll probably, there's a really good chance we'll look at it and go, that's it? (laughs) Yeah. Like, like that's that's all? That's all you got for Jake Crowder? But James like, if okay, will not, know what he's doing when it comes yeah. to something like that. Matisse Thibel's a defensive guy. He's a defensive guy. It fits, so that would fit what James likes. He likes defensive-oriented players. Thibel's a defensive-oriented guard, right? He's a, he's a defensive guy. He's big, and he's kind of long, and he can play good defense. I don't like his offensive game, but he can play defense. And you know, yeah, and that's what you got to look at with James. It's, it's positional fit for James. Jay, what you know? What do I? He's evaluating this team day in and day. Out. What do I need? If I got what do I need? Do I need a rim protector? Do I need? Do I need? Now I've talked to the Suns and they're like, there's not even one position that you could rule out. I mean, is center? Yeah, we'd look at a center power forward, of course. Even though the power forwards in decline in this league, they would look at that guard, sure. Especially if they're defensive oriented. Wings, you can always use wings. Everybody needs wings. That's the way the NBA is gone. So you really can't rule out one position right now for what they would get in a trade for Jay Crowder. Yeah, uh, and of course, we, we will talk more about this a little later on the show, but neither one of us are blind to what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets, and, and we'll talk oh, about no. that a little later on in the show. Steve Nash out. 
Doma Inn. Um, it's craziness right now. With I mean, like we started the day thinking maybe you will be able to get Kevin Durant at some point. Now I'm not so sure with what they've done at the coaching job. So that's just a mess unless, right now uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, unless they unless they keep losing. Yeah, they've got some. Pro- they have some problems. The Nets. They can't defend anybody. That is a problem. They that can't is a problem. stop anybody. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo, we will keep our attention on the Phoenix Suns. He got the start a couple of nights ago. Will he get the start again tonight? Either way, that center depth is proving to be very valuable for the Suns. Bismack Biombo will join us next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.